Welcome back, college basketball fans, to the Posting Up podcast here with your host, Alec Jesse, here on a rainy Wednesday afternoon here in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Um, ready to talk some college hoops. Uh, glad to be here. Um, and yeah, ready to go. Tournament time. What do we, uh, I think we're six, less than six weeks away. Five, yeah, this, this upcoming Saturday will be um, five weeks, I think, um, till, or Sunday, excuse me, not Saturday. Uh, Saturday will be the cha- conference champ- most of the conference championships, and then the following day will be Selection Sunday. That'll be five weeks, I believe, from this upcoming Sunday. So it's it's kind of make or break time. We're right, obviously, we're right in the heart of conference play. We've been there for a little bit. We're right around halfway done. Uh, uh, most teams, I think, have just completed their ninth conference game. At, you know, I think pretty much every league does 20 conference games, or not 20, 18 uh, conference games. So we're right around the halfway point uh, with that. Um, so it's kind of like a, a nice little step back where we at conference uh, to, to evaluate, and, and that's uh, what we're going to do. I'm going to talk about my four teams later on that I, that right now if I would take four teams at this moment and give you or anyone else the rest of the field uh, and I would be pretty pleased with it I, that's where I would put uh, my money if I was a gambling man but I, I am not at this point in my life so anyway let's get right into it I think we left off I think it was last Wednesday last Thursday around there uh, not not a whole lot last Thursday, not a lot of big games. I mean, I know the, the American had uh, Houston and Temple. That was a fairly big game. Houston uh, continues to roll. They win that game, uh, advan- uh, uh, advancing their record to 21-1. and uh, they, they lost a decent amount last year, uh, so I'm really impressed with the, the way Kelvin Sampson's kind of rebounded uh, and uh, continued to have success. And, and they're, they are the them in Cincinnati are kind of the class of the American uh, at this point. Um, and Gonzaga also played uh, BYU, winning that game by 30, uh, 93-63. I think, you know, I know Gonzaga's had, for whatever reason, problems beating BYU, uh, particularly in Spokane. I don't think that problem's going to uh, is going to loom too large uh, this year. Gonzaga is uh, just... Uh, I mean, they're a wrecking ball. They they uh, they score at will on you. And that was really about it. I mean, a lot of mid majors. And um, me being the WKU basketball beat reporter for the College Heights Herald, uh, Conference USA play usually is on Thursday, so there's a lot of those games. Um, Conference USA is actually very entertaining this year. I don't really cover it because it's not it's not basketball that people really know about. Not basketball that's really a lot of people want. <laughs> To, to hear me talk about, I feel like. Uh, but it's actually very entertaining. Uh, Western Kentucky is obviously, they're, they're kind of a, they're, they're kind of all over the place, but when they, when they play well, they play well. Uh, last Thursday, uh, Western Kentucky hosted a UTSA, and UTSA has the best backcourt probably in mid-major ball, one of them, one of them for sure, uh, between this uh, Javon Jackson and um, I think Keaton, what's his name? Uh, Keaton Wallace, those two guys, uh, th- those those guards. I mean, terrific backcourt. And uh, Javon Jackson went for 46 points uh, at, at Diddle Arena last week, uh, last Thursday. It was really it was it was really fun to watch. Uh, it was one of the more probably the most exciting performances I've covered. Uh, Western ended up winning that game in overtime. Uh, in the best individual performance I've seen live. So that was pretty cool. But anyway. Uh, but just some basketball, you know, some I think some basketball. It's I, I feel like if you get access to it, I mean, I know it's a lot of it's on the uh, CBS Sports Network. They have this new Facebook Stadium Watch thing um, where you can stream games live. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty cool too. Uh, if you're looking for something to watch on Thursday nights, but we're gonna get to the big boys, uh, to, to the big conferences. And we'll start. Uh, well, we'll start with Friday. Uh, Michigan drops another road game uh, at Iowa. Um, they would rebound on Tuesday with a win at Rutgers, who had been actually, I think, 
won four or five conference games, had been kind of tough at home. They'd they'd beaten Nebraska, Indiana, and Ohio State in their building. So Michigan with a solid win on on the road uh, in that one. But yeah, uh, Iowa came in and. I was, you know, road conference games, I was a tough place to play with that front court of Luke Garza and Tyler Cook. And Michigan's offense has been struggling recently. Uh, According to Ken Palm, uh, their efficiency, uh, adjusted efficiency rankings, uh, Michigan's 36th in offense. And, you know, a year ago when they made it to the final, they they were 35th. So kind of around, hovering around that same uh, area, but they've really struggled uh, recently since since that loss to Wisconsin that uh, they've been over 70 just once and it happened last uh, uh last night uh, on Tuesday uh, at Rutgers and they they finally their offense finally got going a little bit in a 77-65 win uh but a team that's really struggled to score the ball they're really good defensively they've been good defensively all season long but now but they've been kind of living they lived by the three in non-conference, and it worked, right? I mean, they they put up what was it? They put up eighty-four on Carolina. Uh, they blitzed Villanova on the road, seventy-three uh, forty-six. Obviously, that that one's been well documented. Uh, even against South Carolina, that uh, they put up eighty-nine in that game against an SEC foe. But in conference play, I mean, the first, the first, uh, you know, uh, coming into the new year. The first few conference games, they were scoring pretty well. Had 74 against Indiana, 79 at Illinois, 80 at home to Northwestern in a 20-point win. But then since the Wisconsin game, they've really struggled offensively. Uh, so that's something to look f- to look for um, for Michigan. But they've also they've, they've played three of four games on the road, and they've won two, and they've gone uh, uh, three and one in that stretch. Uh, they beat Ohio State last week um, pretty handily. Um, but I, Iowa really, Iowa kind of torched them a little bit. It was one of those days. But I think with Michigan, you're starting to see, you know, can they score enough and uh, against the big boys? And and you know, I, I think right now they're getting a little bit exposed uh, on that uh, on that side of the floor. Uh, because they just don't have a ton of guys. I mean, they have a you know between Matthews, uh, Bresdegas. Uh, Jordan Poole, they got some dudes that can make shots, but they don't have a ton of dudes that can, like, really take you off the bounce. I mean, Charles Matthews can do an extent, but he's been struggling as of lately. It was only 2 of 12 uh, against Iowa. Um, Brad Zegas went scoreless in their loss against uh, Wisconsin. So th- those two, I think, are the keys. They got to be able to create their shot. They got to be able to score a little bit because when Charles Matthews is scoring six points and Brad Zegas is going scoreless, in a game, I just there's not a whole lot of other offensive weapons they've had uh, that Michigan has that they can really attack you with. They're going to defend. They're going to sit down. They're gonna, they're going to defend you pretty hard. They're going to defend you for 40 minutes. Um, but there's sometimes the opponent just gets hot and you can't really stop it. Um, and uh, that that's kind of what happened with Iowa. But they bounced back with a with a win against Rutgers. I mean, I think Michigan will end up being a two seed. Um, their upcoming schedule. Uh, uh, Wisconsin at home at Penn State. I think they'll sweep that slate. Um, Wisconsin's been playing very well. We'll talk about them in a little bit, but I don't see them. I don't see anyone winning in Ann Arbor in Big Ten play. I don't think anyone's good enough in the conference to win there. Uh, then, so then Wisconsin at Penn State, uh, Maryland at home again. I don't see Maryland winning that game either. So I, so I think uh, you're going to see Michigan rip off three more. In a row, but then they go to to Minnesota. Remember, Minnesota ba- a couple weeks back almost beat uh, the Wolverines in Ann Arbor. They needed uh, a last second uh, jumper from Charles Matthews uh, to kind of close that game out. So it's looking more so. So that could be that could be a spot right there. Uh, Michigan State at home after that. That's a game I you know. I think Michigan will win. We'll talk. I'm going to talk about state uh, right after this, and then Nebraska at home. That uh, ever since Nebraska lost at home to Michigan State back, I don't know, two three weeks ago, and then Isaac Copeland's loss for the year. I don't think they've won a game since. I don't think they've won a game since they beat uh, Indiana, and that was that was two or three weeks ago. Uh, they're, they're not a tournament team anymore. A team that was looking really good in a team I thought was going to go 
you know, be be a solid seed. I don't think win their first tournament game. I think in their history, but it's looking like after that injury and just this slump, they're not going to be able to come out of it. Uh, then they they close out with Maryland and Michigan State on the road. I see Mich I see Michigan losing two to three more games in conference play. Um, they don't have to go to Purdue. Really a shame, uh, a darn shame. They don't have to go to Purdue because that would be a terrific game uh, because those are the two best teams in the Big Ten at the moment. Okay, Michigan State. Um, I've, I mean, I w- I've been tooting their horn for about two weeks now, and they get Indiana at home on a seven-game losing streak. College game days in Ann Arbor, okay? Now, the day before, either the day before or the either Thursday or Friday before the Indiana game on Saturday, it was announced that Josh Lankford was lost for the season. And, they, you know, they, come, they were coming off loss against Purdue, but it was a loss. I mean, you know, they were, all, they were kind of due for a loss. Purdue had been playing well as a road game. Uh, and, and they were down by a bunch. They came, almost came back. Purdue ended up outlasting them. So you really didn't read a whole lot into it, right? But my goodness, have they fallen off a cliff ever since. Because, again, the Purdue game is, that's you know, it is what it is. Um, due for a loss. I don't, that, that one doesn't really hurt you. Right, but to lose to Indiana at home with as bad as they have been recently, I mean, I mean, Indiana couldn't buy a victory. I mean, I, I mean, hadn't won a game since what? Let's see, when last win was against? I believe it was against Illinois before they beat the Spartans. Obviously, when did that game? Happen. I'm trying to see. January 3rd. So they hadn't won a game in a month, right? Losing uh, at Michigan, at Maryland, Nebraska at home, at Purdue, at Northwestern, who's not very good at all. Uh, Michigan at home, embarrassed by Michigan at home. Uh, 69 to 46, couldn't break 50. At, then, they, then they lose at Rutgers, a game which they were up, I think, double digits, and they went, I think, eight. They went like eight game minute or eight minutes in the game without scoring uh, Rutgers ends up winning but then they go again and I said this last week or last podcast they were going to get embarrassed on national television there's no reason for me to think otherwise until it didn't happen um Michigan State comes out flat uh Indiana I mean I didn't get to watch really into this game because I was covering a WKU game but it just every time I checked the score just looked like they're hanging um Indiana was just hanging around, hanging, if not up. Um, it, you know, Michigan State was able to get it to overtime. Uh, Indiana hadn't been shooting threes real well, and then 10 of 20 in this game. Juwan Morgan, their second-best player, gets hurt, uh, plays only 13 minutes, and Indiana still ends up winning on the road in East Lansing, the only team this year to win in East Lansing, which is quite crazy when you think about it. A team coming in with, that, that can't buy it. You know, couldn't win at Rutgers, couldn't win at Northwestern, and they go into the toughest place to play, uh, arguably in the Big Ten, and they pick up a pick up a win in overtime. Um, I, I right now, it's just Cassius Winston has too much on him, and well, and then we'll before the analysis, and then Tuesday last night, Michigan State. Okay, here's your get right spot against Illinois, who granted had been playing pretty well. Uh, you know, heading into that game, Illinois, uh, yeah, surprisingly, let's see, with, spoiler alert, they beat Michigan State, uh, has won three of four. So, Brad Underwood has his team playing well. Ayo, uh, Dasanmu, uh, maybe you could be, could upset Romeo Langford for Big Ten Freshman of the Year. You could definitely see it happening. And he's averaging, I think, in the 20, you know, 20, you know, points per game, been more efficient from the floor. Uh, he'd been terrific. Uh, hit two dagger threes in a row. Michigan State, I think, tied it at 68. And then uh, AO hit two threes in a row uh, that, that in Michigan State couldn't get back in the game after that. Um, two, so two ranked wins for um, for the for the Illini in the past, what, two weeks? Uh, can't remember the last. And, and they hadn't beaten... 
they had lost their last 17 games against the AP top 10 until last night's win. So uh, shout out to the Illini. Really good win for them. Uh, not really going anywhere as they are uh, they're 8-15. and 15, But, hey, I mean, next year looks up. If AO decides to come back, they're bringing in a pretty good recruiting class. They could, there could be something brewing in Illinois. Uh, but as for Michigan State, you go on the road in a seemingly good right spot, right, against a team with set with just seven wins all year, um, and you, you know, you're you're down nine nine at halftime, you claw back in it, and then you don't make the plays um, to win the game. Cassius Winston has too much on his plate. Uh, without Josh Langford, they don't have anyone that can create off the bounce other than Winston. Um, they're not getting enough out of their bigs, and. I mean, in this game, like, I, I mean, you can't really. I mean, I assume most people couldn't name someone on Illinois' front court, and they only won the rebounding margin by five. And you say, well, they won the rebounding margin, but but we're talking Michigan State. We're talking a team that is built around their bigs: Nick Ward, Kenny Goins, uh, Xavier Tillman, uh, upperclassman Tillman's a sophomore, but the other two upperclassmen been around there a while. Um, and they only get 30 rebounds. I mean, this is, I mean, like, come on. 24 turnovers. Cassius Winston, nine turnovers. Nine assists, but nine turnovers. I mean, that that's very uh, un-Cassius Winston-esque to have a turnover ratio that poor. Uh, Goins has four turnovers. I mean, so turnovers kill you in this game. They make free throws, which they did not against Indiana. I think they were, like, under 40%. So they made free throws, but and they shot over 50% from the floor, but didn't defend late, didn't get the stops necessary. Illinois makes the free throws, they lose the game. Cassius Winston just has way too much on his plate right now, uh, and it's showing. I mean, it, you know, they don't have enough offense, and you know, they play, I mean, Izzo plays, what is he, he you know, he, Gabe Brown, Foster Lawyer, got in combined four minutes. I mean, he's playing seven guys, Izzo is, in that rotation. Uh, I, think, I think Cassius Winston Kind of in the mold, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Tyler Eulis. Uh Not quite, I mean, Tyler Eulis, uh, not maybe as big, definitely shiftier, I think. Um, Eulis is probably a better shooter, but Winston, I mean, you could argue maybe a better creator. It's close, I mean, it's close. I think that they have very similar games. Um, but, you know, a guy like that wears down. That with that, you know, the, the size and having to run. And, and not only, you know, Eulis had. I mean, he was on the 38-1 team, and the next year he had Jamal Murray he was splitting the backcourt with. Uh, Winston has to do it all. Matt McQuaid is, is a jump shooter and a jump shooter only. He doesn't really give you much outside of that. Kyle Aaron's kind of the same mold, right? He's more of a shooter, doesn't really take it to the balance. I mean, he, he, can, he can rebound at seven in this game, but most of his points are coming from behind the arc. arc. They need, I mean, this team has to have Josh Langford because that's the dude that can create off the bounce. That's your mid-range game. Uh, that's your slasher, and I mean, and, I mean, he's. I mean, that's probably your best NBA talent on your roster. Um, so not having him, it's sinking them. Now you know a, a team that was looking like, wow, maybe they're a one seed. They're going to be lucky to get a three at this. I mean, they're gonna, probably going to be a three at this point. They, but they better start winning, or they're going to drop further. Uh, Michigan State has totally fallen out of that contention. You know, I, and I mean, they were a bona fide title contender. Two weeks ago, I mean they were, I and mean, people were talking about this team as a a title contender, and now it's like, well, this this isn't really happening. So, the Langford news I think is a crushing blow to this team. And while they had been playing great without him, you're seeing the effects of of Cassius Winston having to totally, uh, uh completely carry the offense, and uh, this is exactly uh, what you get. I want to talk about uh, well. Staying in the Big Ten, then we'll transition out. I don't, you know, I don't want to talk, spend the entire podcast on the Big Ten. Uh, you know, Purdue keeps winning, by the way. Uh, winning, they've won an overtime game at Penn State, uh, and then they won on Sunday against Minnesota. I think they played at night. Do they play tonight? I believe they played at night. Um, if not, they play. They might play Thursday. I don't. Uh, let's find out here. Did they play last night? We're, well, bear with me here for a second. 
trying to find. Okay, they don't play tonight. Hmm, maybe they don't play. Well, let's well, hold on. Let me just pull it up. Um, I thought they I thought they were gonna play. Maybe maybe they don't play till the weekend. Okay, yeah, they don't play till uh, looks like Saturday against Nebraska. So they're gonna take. Uh, Jesus, they have they have not they haven't lost in a while. It's this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So they're on a seven game winning streak. Haven't lost since they lost at Michigan State. That was about a month. That was yeah, right around a month ago. Um, so they're, they're if you had to rank the Big Ten as far as who's playing well, they're number one. Clearly, they're all the way up to fifteenth. I mean, they were a team that had six losses early on. You're like, my goodness, they may they may not make the tournament, and now they're just they've totally caught fire. Um, and yeah, really, since not since like the end of non conference, they they haven't really been losing uh, at all. Uh, so they're a team. Uh, that that's playing as well as anyone, and I really hope we see a Michigan Purdue rematch in the Big Ten uh, tournament. Okay, so Wisconsin. Then we're going to move on from the from the Big Ten. Let me find this game. I, well, this is very annoying. Huh. Well, we're gonna. Find it another way. But Wisconsin is another team that is playing well right now. Probably you'd rank them third if you were ranking teams that were uh, playing well in conference. Again, a team that that lost four of five, uh, kind of towards the end of the you know the the year uh, into conference play, losing to WKU, then at home against Minnesota. They're their only one coming against you know the Big Ten's worst, which is Penn State, and then pick, and then also dropping games to Purdue at home and at Maryland. But they, since then they haven't lost. They're on a uh, looks like a five game win streak with wins against Michigan, obviously the notable one. Yeah, I mean th- that that kind of j- jump started the streak in a game that they just had to have. Uh, also wins against uh, at Illinois, who is all of a sudden uh, beaten. Ranked teams left and right. Nebraska on the road. They uh, avenged their Maryland loss, so they're looking pretty good right now. Ethan Happ kind of doing his thing. Um, yeah, I mean, they're they're going to be that team that's like a you know six four to six seed. I would get four to seven in that range, depending on how many games they they lose uh, going forward. Um, but they're going to be tough because they I mean they don't make mistakes. They slow the game down. They don't turn the ball over. They don't foul they're pretty you know they make open looks they 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 get uh they create good shots they get open shots had nine threes uh shot 50 percent from the three from their in their win against maryland uh so but there's also they have some athletic limitations that will hurt them along the road but uh, i mean ethan haps really i mean talk about how good he is in the post whether it be passing uh, cr- uh creating shots for himself obviously that you know his his post moves and in, in, in his way or in, in just his way of like getting good angles for himself it's 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 an uncanny ability uh for the senior so they look to just keep marching right along they're they're they're, they're a solid team currently ranked or they rank now like 19th, I think. They're all the way up to 19th in the polls. Um, I think, yes, 19th in the polls. And they will they uh, go to Minnesota tonight, so that'll be a tough game for them, looking to avenge their home loss. And then they head to Ann Arbor on Saturday to play the Michigan Wolverines. All right, now let's talk about Louisville. Because they had kind of a weird week. So, on, and we're going to tie Virginia Tech and Carolina in this because that's who they played. They kind of had a weird week. So, they played Carolina, North Carolina, that is, on Saturday. And I I thought, you know, I know that they had Louisville that has blasted the Tar Heels at Chapel Hill, but I really didn't think that was going to happen again. Um, because, I, for whatever, I mean, that was just Carolina's, like, 
crap game, right? They just they just didn't show up, stunk up the joint, get beat by twenty at home. I think it was what was the worst home loss in the Roy Williams era. I mean, it, like it was a shocking. It was one of the most shocking results of the season. It's in, in it remains that way. So I didn't think that was I I didn't think a repeat of that was necessarily likely. And of course, Carolina went out and smashed them. You know, I, I watched some of the second half. Carolina was up by 16 to 18, a lot of it. Lula would make a run. Uh, pretty much Dwayne Sutton carried the offense. He seemed to hit – I mean, he hit like two or three threes in a row to get him with a nine. Uh, but but Carolina answered pretty much every Louisville punch. Uh, Jordan War really didn't uh, have, have that good of a game. They, you know, they, they need him to play well. Uh, Luke May had a solid outing. Cam Johnson uh, was pretty good hitting some big threes. Uh, he and Luke May had uh, double doubles. Kenny Williams had a couple of big threes as well, kind of the shut the you-know-what-up shots um, to kind of end runs. So it was it was a it was a thorough beating. Uh, it ended up being 79-69, but it, it was more like a 15-point win for Carolina. But then Louisville turned around on Monday uh, and beat Virginia Tech pretty handily on the road uh, in a tough place to play. 72 to 64. Ryan McMahon, I think, had tied for the the team high points with uh, 17. Hit a couple big threes in the second half to kind because of, Virginia Tech had got it to two a couple times, and Louisville was able to kind of withstand that uh, punch and and get the lead back out and kind of ended it. Um, so. Um, but uh, anyway. But Dwayne Sutton again had uh, had a terrific uh, outing with 17 points, looking like I mean because whenever I I I don't watch a ton of Louisville, but when I do, it's usually against Kentucky. And Dwayne Sutton both games, whether it was this year, or last year, didn't do anything. So I didn't. I was like, what What does this dude really do? Uh, but he's he's been really good for him. I'll give him credit. He's been really good for Louisville. Uh, had nine reba- rebounds, excuse me, rebounds, rebounds in this game, four assists, 17 points. Kind of was the catalyst. Steven Enoch, the big guy, off the bench, 10 points, couple threes, hit, hit a couple momentum-killing threes. Uh, so a good win for Louisville. There is There needs to be an asterisk with this game. Um, because when I looked at the score, I was like, why is Louisville winning by so much against Virginia Tech on the road because Tech's good. I mean, Dean, I, I was pumping up too. Uh, I was like, why on earth is you know Louisville winning? Like, this doesn't make sense. Um, and I find out Justin Robinson is still out, still hurt with a foot injury. Um, Chris Clark has been suspended, won't play this year. Uh, Xander or Landers Nolly, uh, their freshman, probably their highest rated freshman. Uh, for the their 2018 class uh, is I think he's academically ineligible and is redshirting. Uh, PJ Horn is also injured, so they are very shorthanded. They currently have seven players on scholarship, and they play. So the short turnaround because this was a Monday game ended up hurting Virginia Tech a lot more. Louisville, Louisville plays ten guys, um, so they they stay fairly fresh. Uh, they they don't. Other than Wara and Christian Cunningham, they don't have a dude that really – and, well, I guess Dwayne Sutton too now because he's playing so well. They don't have a dude that really plays 30 minutes all day. They, they only have a couple of guys that play 30 minutes consistently. Um, Virginia Tech – so this is the minute allocation for their, allocation for their starters. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, 39 minutes. And this, this was a 40-minute game. This didn't go into overtime. Uh, Wambisa B, the backup point guard for uh, – Justin Robinson, 38 minutes. Ahmed Hill, 40 minutes, played every minute of the game. Ty Outlaw, 31 minutes. Kerry Blackshear, Kerry Blackshear Jr., 39 minutes. These dudes were exhausted, and they didn't have their starting point guard. So that that's the caveat. It's still a good win for Lowell. I'm not going to take that away. I mean, you know, they went in there, and they didn't win. They didn't kind of win. I mean, they, they they thoroughly beat them. I mean, it was the end up being eight. It was more like a 10 to 12-point game. So I'll give Louisville credit there on a nice bounce back. Chris Mack has this team playing at a high level. But here's my thing with Louisville. Um, they are good enough to win games like this. They're good enough to beat teams. Because Louisville, with Virginia Tech down and seven scholarship players, is the better team. Louisville's the better team, clearly. They're good enough to beat the bad teams. But when it comes to the Carolinas, 
to the Kentuckys, to the Dukes, to the Virginias, I don't think they're capable of winning. And yes, they had the, yes, they had that moment against Carolina. That was a fluke. That was a fluke. I mean, I think that's fair to say. Now, Carolina is really, really, you know, you know that was a really, really good one for Louisville. Let's not take, you know, they played really well. Fair enough. And, I, and in the tournament, all it takes is one game. But if we're talking like, but for as the ACC grind and for what they, I mean, this is Louisville's schedule coming up. Gets no easier at Florida State, who just pounced Syracuse on the road last night. Another team that's playing really well. I think they've won four or five straight. Uh, then Duke at home, well advertised, right? Clemson at home. Uh, that should be a win. Clemson's not very good. Then at Syracuse, you know, I think that's a fifty-fifty game. Syracuse, Syracuse either shows up or they don't. If you get good Syracuse, like you did against Duke, they're tough to beat. You get the way they played last night, which is flat and not very motivated, then I'd, I'd say Louisville would win. But who knows? Virginia. Louisville hasn't beaten Virginia, I think, in four years. So, hard to count on that one. Boston College on the road, that's a win. Notre Dame on the road, or Notre Dame at home, that's a win. They're, they, I think they have, I don't think they've won an ACC game yet. Um, and if they have, it's like one or two. And then, uh, and then they finish with UV on the road. I think Louisville currently at 17-6. and six, They're going to end up with 10 losses into the ACC tournament. I think they're going to lose both the Virginia games, the Duke game, and then one of at Florida State and Syracuse, and they'll win one of those two. So that's what I think for Louisville, which is good. I think they're going to be a 4-5 or five seed. I think that's fair. I, I mean, the ACC tournament, I, I mean, I couldn't predict that because that's all about who they play. Um, but they're going to be what, like a four or five seed, probably. What are they currently? Um, they're currently a four seed. Yeah, they're, they're going to be a four or five seed in the ACC tournament. If Virginia Tech gets healthy, then you know, I don't, you know, Louisville. If Virginia, if a healthy Virginia Tech is better than Louisville, I think significantly. Uh, I mean, Justin Robinson is the most important player on that team. Nikhil Alexander Walker is the best player, like pro talent. But Justin Robinson's the, the the engine that makes that team go. So not having him, that explained a lot. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, so I we'll see. If Louisville can win either Duke at home or Virginia at home, if they can win that, I will change my opinion. But but if they can't win those home games, because, I mean, that, there you go. That's your, top, that's, your, that's your top three teams. Two top three teams come into the Yum Center. Uh, currently top three. That, that will change probably. Um, but – they're going to be top five, top ten at least. And they're the class. I mean, those are the two teams in the ACC, right? So if Louisville wins those two games, I'll change my opinion. Uh, Carolina is has been whew, good lately. Uh, a, team that's on the, a team that's flown under the radar. When, when people talk about title contenders, um, they're not really mentioned. Now, I'll give a hint. They're not one of my four. Um, but that would probably be the team that I'd be most worried about leaving off, um, because they're good. I mean, they're they're, they're real, I, they can they can win a title. I don't think they will. I, I don't. I think the the four I mentioned are a bet are better than them and would beat them. But they're. I mean, they've been playing terrific. Uh, they put together the. They're on somewhat of a win streak. I think that I think the last time they lost was at that Louisville game. Yes, it was, and they have lost or they have won. Excuse me, a six straight. They've played really good, uh, especially their last four. Virginia Tech pounded them at home, one hundred three eighty two. Georgia to, and, and Justin Robinson played in that game. Uh, George at Georgia Tech, uh, twenty point victory, seventy seven to fifty four. Louisville on the road. Like I said, that was that was maybe their best performance of the season. Uh, overall, defensively and offensively, well, well, not offensively, but de- but as a co- cohesive unit, they played really well on the road, uh, and then at home against North Carolina State, uh, last this was probably their best offensive performance of the season, uh, last night winning one hundred and thirteen to ninety six, uh, blitzed the uh, North Carolina State who is slumping quite a bit with <laughs> poor team only scored twenty four points. Against the Justin Robinsonless uh, Virginia Tech Hokies on Saturday, they it's like at, that loss to Virginia on Tuesday where they had it. <laughs> they I mean they had it uh, really really deflated them and they've uh, gotten flat out destroyed the past two games. 
Uh, Kevin Keats needs to be able to rebound there. See what else is around in the ACC before I hit up the SEC. Uh, not much really to talk about with Duke. Um, they played, they came out kind of flat last night, was losing at home to Boston College. Uh, but then they kind of just, you know, did their thing. They they destroyed him the second half, outscoring him by 27 points, ended up winning the game. Uh, what was the score? It was it was a lot to a little. Let me look it up real fast. Um, 80 to 55. So I mean, Duke just put the hammer down on on Boston College uh, again, though. Really struggling to shoot the ball. Uh, seven for 24 from three. That's not good at all. Uh, and they struggle at the line a little bit. Um, Duke is really good. I'd put them as probably my top team at this point, but they have holes. They they definitely do. Uh, Cameron Reddish finally getting off the schneid a little bit with 24 points on uh, 8 of 16 shooting. Good good for Duke to see him get going because it can't be just the Zion Barrett show. If they want to win it all, they got to have other dudes contributing uh, on the offensive and defensive end, of course. Um, so... The Duke Blue Devils continue their role. All right, now we're going to talk about the SEC, a little bit around the SEC. Um, and, of course, we're going to lead with the team that's playing the best right now, um, and that is the Kentucky Wildcats. So, talk about you know, they played Vanderbilt last week, a team, a, a clearly just defeated group, and they destroyed them on the road. And um, that was just – it was what it was. Um, oh, before I mention – well, we'll get to pre. We'll leave a little time for previews. Um, but Duke and Virginia play on Saturday uh, at home. Or Virginia is at home, and uh, hopefully Ty Jerome, their their guard, their lead guard, is healthy um, because I want to see both those teams play at full strength. All right, just wanted to just wanted to say that. Okay, on to the SEC. Just in case I didn't get to the previews later on. Um. The Florida game, Kentucky, Florida, first half brutal to watch. I it was not easy on the eyes. Kentucky missed open shot after open shot, whether it was threes or bunnies. I mean, it was just horrible. Um, in Florida, didn't really make a ton, but they made enough. It was four point game at halftime, and in Florida, it, it looked like Florida was going to win the game. Like with 13 minutes left, they were up 42 to 31. Kentucky had 31 points. 31 points in the first 27 minutes of the game? You can do the math. That's not good. That's that's not good at all. Um, and it's not like Florida was, I mean, 42 points in the first 27. That's not exactly tearing it up either now. That's not exactly great. Kentucky totally inept on offense. And then B.J. Washington got kind of in the, in the grill of this guy's like, let's go, let's pick it up. And um, I think they – Florida went to the line with free throws, missed them both, and then, boom, the entire game changed. 34-12 to 12 run to finish out the game the last 13 minutes. Let me say that again. 31 points in the first 27 minutes. The final 13 minutes, 34 points. That's, that's two, and a half minute, or two and a half points a minute. Uh, that's quite. A, that's quite. Uh, um, yeah, that's that, that's uh, quite a stretch for Kentucky. Played absolutely great. Um, made big shots. I mean, they couldn't buy a three in that first half. In this little stretch, everything they put up went in. It seems like with this team, and I'll and I'll kind of hit on kind of the you know the the evaluation after talk about South Carolina game. But it seems like every single time this team needs to make shots. They, they'll make them, even if the percentage isn't good. Like, they shot 6 of 21 in this game from 3. It's 28%. It's not good. 41% from the floor. That's not particularly good for, for a team built like Kentucky is. It's not very good. But when they need to make shots, they make shots. And I will give them credit with that. Um, they could be more efficient throughout the 40 minutes. But when when crunch time happens, and that's the and, and with this team, they fight. I, I you You have to give them that. You, you can't. You don't have to like them. You don't even have to think they're all that great. You think they're lucky. That's fine. But this team fights like heck when in crunch time. I mean, even I mean, 
even in the losses, Alabama and Seton Hall, Duke game doesn't count because that, that game they just couldn't take a punch. I'm just, you know, kind of when they started hitting their stride, the two games they've lost were Seton Hall and Alabama. And even in those games, I mean, look down and out. I mean, the Alabama game, they were like 12 or 11 or 12, 11 and 12 with two minutes left, and they had a chance to win the game with, with a three-pointer. They had a chance to win. I mean, that's, that's absurd, right? That, that's, that's insane. Um, so this team fights, and they flip the margin down 11, like I said, and they end up winning by 11, uh, 65-54. Florida got no looks. I mean, and after Tyler Hero hit the three that put Kentucky up seven, I said, all right, listen, if Kentucky will win, if they don't give up a three and they don't turn the ball over, they had one turnover, I believe, and they didn't give up three. They won the game by 11. Um, really impressive stuff. And Florida gave them a good shot. I mean, and, and they and Florida's a really good defensive team. I think they're top 15 in Kimpong. And that's a good defensive team. Uh, and to go there, you know, not play well for the first 27 minutes and then just everything go right and, and, and play great that final uh, – that final 13, I mean, that says a lot about this group. P.J. Washington just continues to be great. Uh, Tyler Hero on the road uh, might be the best guard ever. <laughs> I mean, that dude on the road, he, he makes everything. Kelton, again, you know, hasn't really been shooting the ball really well, but made two big-time threes. Uh, that was kind of when they were coming back. Tyler Hero helped put the game away uh, with that one uh, three-point. And, and Kelton, well, one of Kelton's threes gave Kentucky the lead. Uh, and Emmanuel quickly, and every single time he gets in, he gets a big rebound and makes his free throw. So Cal has to be happy uh, with him as well. So then Tuesday, they played the somewhat lowly Gamecocks, right? Uh, they're, they're not overall record, not good, but in the SEC, they were fourth coming in at 6-2, and two, right? They, they had knocked off Mississippi State. Auburn, they beat Florida on the road. So they have a couple of decent wins. So it's like a sneaky group. You know, Chris Silva, the senior, really, you know, really good. Last year, destroyed Kentucky. I think he had his career high, had 30-something. Um, you know, like, you look at him and like, yeah, this team should be good. But then they're actually kind of, like, they're kind of good. Uh, and they've been much better in conference. It, like, took them three months, and now they're here. Um but Kentucky dominated. I mean, it was kind of the first 10 minutes were kind of like, our, you know, not playing too well. I mean, Kentucky gave up 17 points in the first eight minutes of the game. Weren't playing great defense. This guy named – a grad transfer from Georgetown named Trey Campbell hit three threes early on. That usually happens at Rupp Arena. If you watch Kentucky basketball, you would understand that. Um, but then the final – so was that the final – 32 minutes, they had 31 points in the final 32 minutes. 17 the first day, 31 the final. It's just, that's absurd that you give up less points than minutes played. Crazy stuff. And then, so Chris Silva only ended up playing 15 minutes due to foul trouble. Um, And then the game kind of got out of hand, so Frank Martin didn't really play him towards the end. But he had four points and four rebounds. Uh, Kentucky, I thought about this last night, and, and then my Cozart, uh, their other solid big, right? I mean, these are two dudes that played on a Final Four team, um, combined for four points. Um, Philippe, so, you know, in a team that's kind of built around its bigs, Silva, four points. Mate Cozart, four points. Uh, Felipe Haas, six points. Uh, and three of them came off a bank three from towards the end of the game. Uh, a bank three on the uh, – it, it was a corner shot. Like, you know, couldn't hit anything. They hit that. Uh, and then this uh, f- freshman, Frank, Alonzo Frank, two points. This is a team that, like, is built around paint touches, built around their bigs, putting the ball in the bucket. And they had a combined – what was that? 16 points for four guys? It's pretty good. Kentucky has become the best low-post defensive team in the country. And I don't know when it started, but it kind of – it started against Georgia. Because Georgia, remember, they got the four straight dunks. That was not good. But then ever since they kind of tightened up that post defense, 
Whew. The only guy that has somewhat done any damage against this group um, was Dedrick Lawson. And that's a dude, I mean, he, he takes a ton of shots. He's a volume, kind of a post guy. And he's a national player of the year candidate. He's an All-American, probably. Uh, if not first, second team. So, I mean, and it's not like he destroyed him either. It was 20 and 15. It wasn't, you know, 35 and 20. So, and Chris Silva is one of the better bigs in, in in the conference. In Kentucky, and Reed Travis and P.J. Washington shut them down. Um, and you know, the way I see it is that Reed Travis and P.J. Washington aren't like great rim protectors. P.J., they, they're not terrible, but that, that's not like their thing. But they beat the crap out of you. And then E.J. Montgomery and Nick Richards, they're swatting shots. And those four, and it just wears on you. And I, I know a team, a certain team, other SEC team, where that very well could come, into hand, come in handy for Kentucky down the road. I know one certain team. Uh, now, an EJ Montgomery in this game, 11 points, 13 rebounds, was all over the floor, played terrific, best game he's played at Kentucky thus far. PJ Washington, another 20 point game. Now you're start, like now PJ's playing consistently great. But all right, so enough of praising Kentucky, what do they need to do better, right? Because they're on a nine-game win streak, which is great and all, and they've beaten some really good teams in that stretch, and they're playing great, right? 28-point victory. What's there to complain about, right? Come on. There is some complaints. Number one, they've got to shoot the ball better uh, for 40 minutes. They make shots. They don't. It's not like they're totally inept, but they have got to shoot the ball better for 40 minutes because against teams like uh, that one I was kind of hinting at earlier, Tennessee, um, Auburn, even LSU, you get into the SEC tournament, and then the tournament, you got to make shots. And it can't just be the final uh, 13 minutes like it was against Florida. It's got to be somewhat consistent. Now, I'm not exaggerating, and I'm, I'm talking threes, and I'm talking bunnies, like one-footers. And I'm not exaggerating. Kentucky left a solid 30 points on the court last night. And, and yes, you're going to miss open shots, right? You can't – no one makes every wide-open shot. You're going to miss a couple. But that's, I mean, this they could have had close to 100. They could have had, I mean, they scored 76. They could have had 96, realistically. Um, South Carolina missed some open shots, but I think the fact how good Kentucky's defense is, they kind of had them rattled. So even when they got open looks, it just didn't go in. And and when you, when you don't see any shots go in, it's just hard to make them even when they're open. Anyway, beside the point. Um, Kentucky left a lot of, a lot of points out there, whether it be open, wide open threes or bunnies down low, they got to make them. They they got to make them. Uh, in so that's one. They got to get Kelton Johnson going offensively. Had nine points in this game, ten point. I mean, he he's kind of been like hovering around that nine to ten point average, really since the Mississippi State game. Um, and he. Like, that's a dude, like, if, if he gets going, oh, boy. I mean, it's like, it's okay, it's game time, right? That That's your top ten pick. That's your lottery pick. You know, it's great that P.J.'s going off, but, like, you need, I mean, I mean Kelvin was scoring. I mean, look at the, look at the Carolina game. Look at the, the game I went to against Tennessee City at 27, I think, in that game. Got to get him going. And then Ashton Hayes has been turning the ball over a lot. Had six turnovers. Uh, in the first half, but but none in the second, which was good. He's got to be more assertive on the offensive end. And when I say that, he drives in kind of, eh, I don't know what I'm doing, and then usually ends up in a turnover or, or a floater that he misses short. He needs to go in there, and it, I'm either passing it or I'm taking it. And he had a couple. I mean, whenever he dribbles behind the back in the paint, it seems like good things happen, whether he makes a jumper or he kicks it out for a three like he did last night. So... Th- the thing is, Kentucky's playing really well right now, but there are things that, like, there's there's corrections to be made, which is good because, I, like like I say, man, I, I think Duke played their best game of the season uh, in game one because I don't know how they could play better. I think Kentucky still has better to come, although they are playing really well right now. All right. Enough of that. That was, a, that was quite a little uh, – that was quite a bit right there. I think – who else? I mean, Tennessee won last night. Turned it into another average performance. They won seventy-two to sixty. I mean, they're gonna. They got what? Two more home games. Uh, home to. I think they they host Florida on Saturday. Then maybe A and M, and then it's rough. 
uh, th- then it's then it's the big game. So for Tennessee, there's not really a whole lot to say about them. They're doing what they've been doing all season, but they're not playing anyone. It's, it's like with Duke, how I was saying, like you know, they're they're playing bad teams. So what's there to really like evaluate? All right, Kansas, real quick, and then we'll kind of wrap this up. Okay. Well, I, I want to mention Marquette losing to St. John's. I'll make this short. Uh, St. John's uh, after getting destroyed by Duke on Saturday, goes into Marquette. And remember, they beat Marquette by 20-something on the road to to begin conference play. I think it was the second game. And Marquette, uh, at home, holds uh, – St. John's holds him to 69 points. Marcus Howard had his scoring average in bo- combined in both the meetings, 25 points in both the meetings. St. John's got Marquette number. That is not a game I saw coming, and I was thinking St. John's may be on the, on the outside looking in towards the end. That may have been their kind of like winning your end game, and they just got it. So it uh, looks like the Johnnies are looking really nice, and uh, it shows you, man. I mean, they are they. There is a legit argument to be made that they are the most talented team in the Big East. Not the best. I, I think Nova and Mark. Well, I, I say Marquette. They've lost to them twice. Definitely Nova. I think Nova's better than them. But uh, but you can make an argument that St. John's is more talented, for sure. Right? You can definitely make that argument. Kansas. They won by a lot against Texas Tech at home. But it, with Kansas, like, eh, they went at home, whatever. They always went at home. And they go to Kansas State and lose for the first time in a while. They haven't lost to Kansas State in a long time. And I'm just here to say, now, Marcus Garrett did not play in this game, and he's their best defender, uh, def, uh, definitely on the perimeter. But I am just here to reiterate, this is not Kansas' year, and the streak is over. They're currently, like, fourth in the Big 12. Baylor, I think, is ahead of them. And, like, all these teams that usually it's like that they're – Kansas is built this year like most of the teams they play, most of the teams they're competing with in the Big 12, right? Like, they're kind of like – they're tough, scrappy, but they're not quite as talented. They usually have the talent advantage, and this year they don't. They just don't. Quentin Grimes again only made four points in this game, or six points, four fouls, five turnovers. <sighs> brutal, brutal for the Kansas Jayhawks. They lose it, uh, seventy-four to sixty-seven. I mean, they're just not. They're just not as good this year. Um, they're going to be like a four seed, four or five seed probably. I think they're not going to win the Big Twelve, and they're not going to win the tournament. Uh, big tw- big twelve like tournament, so I I don't know I I just you know I think with uh with Kansas it, it's it's a shame because I mean they were the consensus number one team they looked really good on paper and I think the combination of Silvio D'Souza who will not play this year or next year that just got ruled um, so he's probably going to leave the program after this year um, being ineligible. Um, Yudoka Azubuki obviously getting hurt, and then Quentin Grimes not being good, like just not playing well. Um, I, the 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 combination of those things, it, it's in with all the off the court stuff. Uh, you're kind of seeing this is kind of what happened to Arizona last year. Uh, you know, it happened kind of early on, earlier on to Arizona in that Atlantis tournament. Now you're seeing it to Kansas uh, in the heart of Big Twelve play. All right, so. Talk about some games coming up that are worth mentioning. Villanova hosts Creighton. Villanova, another team they haven't lost in big in uh, uh, Big East play, uh, starting to hit their stride. Connor Gillespie, at point guard, has been really good, and uh, Eric Pascal, Phil Booth, the senior, stepping up. Excuse me. Um, so we'll see if Creighton can give uh, Villanova a scare. Uh, at the Pavilion tonight in Philly. And then, like I said, Wisconsin-Minnesota. LSU at Mississippi State. Really interesting matchup. Both teams kind of need it. LSU coming off a loss to Arkansas at home. Kind of a shocking result in the uh, the SEC. Mississippi State coming off a win at Oxford, uh, beating Ole Miss, avoiding the sweep there. But they lost to Alabama um, as well before that, so that'll be an interesting matchup. Oh, I want to say something about Auburn real quick before I kind of, before I wrap this up. Auburn should be, 
Now they got Austin Wiley back, and they've now won three straight games. I think they I don't know who they play next. Um, it's a road, and they go on the road. They've had three straight home games, um, all of them by double digits. Auburn's really good, and they're not ranked right now. And I don't really understand why. I mean, I get that they've lost, you know, six games already, but why? Uh, that team is good, and if I am Duke, I, I do not want to see them as my four seed. I don't want to play that team. Like, I don't want that team in my bracket. Like, I'm just saying, like that team is dangerous. And them and Virginia Tech, both you know, at full health, Virginia Tech, I think are Final Four good. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they can win all because that is the win. The, the win, win by three, die by three is so risky. But man, I mean, that's not a team I'd want to see in the tournament. Like last year, they were limping. They didn't have enough players. This year, they have plenty of players, plenty of firepower. They have a full roster this year. I would not want to play Auburn in the tournament. That team's really good. I. I I I put out my rankings on Sunday. I had them at 15th, and they were end up being unranked in the AP poll. I, now they have Wiley back, so that kind of reaffirms it. Um, it. Should they win? I don't know who they play. I, in my, I think it's a bad team. That's another thing. Their schedule was really hard at the beginning, right? And they still got They still host. Um, they still host Tennessee later on. They still have to play at. Kentucky, but that's really it. So that they very well could could they could go on a big time run here towards the end of SEC play. All right, well let's 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 talk about Saturday's games. Kentucky at Mississippi State. That's another uh, really good matchup. Uh, Kentucky on fire, but State at home. Only team John Calipari has not lost to in the SEC. Home or home or road. So uh, and this is like State's year, right? So we'll see what happens. Wisconsin goes to Michigan. Um, Kansas host Oklahoma State and they get big on track and then Michigan State hosting uh, Minnesota Auburn goes to LSU so there you go that that could be a big time that, that's a big time matchup uh, Tremont Waters Bryce Brown that would be fun Iowa State host TCU Villanova goes to Marquette alright I want to talk about my teams my four teams that I've picked to win the tournament the last three minutes of this podcast Give you the field, I'll take these four. I'll take Kentucky, Duke, Tennessee, and Gonzaga. Give her, and that, I think that's what I'm going to stick with. Now that could change. That could change. I'm not going to put that write that in stone yet. But as of right now, that's what I think it's going to be for in a month. You know, in five weeks. That's what I think it'll be. Of uh, the only teams, you know, Michigan. The, the only teams I don't love giving you. Are Michigan, Virginia, and North Carolina. Michigan, and, and to, I don't, Michigan's really good. I think they can go to the Final Four, but I don't think that they're good enough to win a title. I don't think they are. And think about it. Last year, when they went to the championship game, they didn't play higher than a five seed or or lower. I don't know how we're gonna say it. Like, I mean, like they, they didn't play better than like I think the highest seed they played. Or lowest, however you look at it, it was a six before the final four, before the championship game. They played I mean, 14, uh, six, 10, eight or nine, I forget what Florida State was, um, 11 in Loyola, and then the one seed Villanova. They're not going to that, that, the, they're not going to get that. They had a lot of help last year. They didn't have to play uh, a high seeded team. So I, that's what I'm – I don't know. They had a lot of help last year. They probably won't get it this year. They, I think they're going to be a second weekend team, but <clears throat> I wouldn't love – I wouldn't love their chance of doing that again. Virginia, I mean, until they do it, it's hard to pick. And they could. I mean, they're very, they're better offensively, offensively this year than they were last year. They could. Carolina, really, really good. I just don't think they're quite in that level. But they're they're ascending. That's a team I could see putting in that top five, or or adding to that top four, making it a top five. But those four, because I just think Gonzaga, the way they score the ball, so much versatility on offense. Duke with the top three picks in the NBA draft. Kentucky is on fire, playing some of the best defense in college basketball right now. Um, and then Tennessee has been consistently the best team all year, right? I mean they've won seventeen straight games. 
only loss coming to the Jayhawks back in November. They haven't lost in three months almost. Uh, yeah, two months. They haven't lost in two months. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. I'll give them that. Uh, the games at the two games, Kentucky Tennessee, are going to be must watch. All right, thank you all for tuning in to the Posting Up podcast. Uh, it was a blast. I intend on doing it again next week at right around this time. Thank you all for listening. Let me know. Uh, give me give me feedback and uh, stay safe uh, this week. And yeah, watch college basketball. Thank you all for tuning in.